Hello everyone, and welcome to Lifeline. My name is Sage Breed. I've missed you guys. I've been praying for you. You've been on my heart, on my mind. I'm excited for the things that God's been doing in your life. I really enjoy when we guys connect, when we guys connect, when we all connect, right? Uh, whether it's through phone calls, DMs, the comments. I love y'all. Today's topic is one that I believe is really going to encourage and even maybe even set a spark uh, to light the flame within your heart. Before we talk about what the topic is, let's pray. God, we love you. We praise you. You're holy. You're worthy. God, there's no one like you. Father, we thank you that your will will be done in today's conversation with my friend and I on earth as it is in heaven. God, thank you for your daily bread that you bless us with. God, we know that you're just really, 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 really good bread. We thank you, Lord, for your wisdom, for your knowledge, for your love, your compassion, your vision, your imagination that you're bestowing on on us here just gathering God we thank you Holy Spirit that you're pulling up a seat with us God I humble myself before you and my friend you're worthy forgive us of our sins God we repent of anything that may be in our heart God any any lust not even just sexually but desiring something uh, to the point we're willing to sacrifice our relationship with you God, forgive us of any idolatry, any murmuring, any fornication, God, any sexual sin. You're worthy, God. We forgive those who have sinned against us. God, forgive us for putting you to the test, even, you know, that just came to my mind. For neglecting to do something we know we should do and asking you to bless it, God. Forgive us of our arrogance. You're good, God. Hmm. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. In Jesus' name, amen. <sighs> Man, today's conversation, as we shared before, I believe it's really just going to free, free your mind, free your heart, free your attitude. And what we're going to be discussing today is childhood. Because something that the Lord has really impressed upon me recently is that there's no such thing as a man of God. There's no such thing as a woman of God. That's just, it's not in the Bible. Now, there is a man in the sense of your age, right? Like physically, you can be a man, you can be a woman physically. And now spiritually, we're called to be children. And so, because I know that you've been in your book, right? I know you've been reading. I know you've been listening to it. We're going to jump in. And before, I I, I thought we were going to start off in 1 Corinthians. But I believe that God's really pushing us to Mark chapter 10. So, I got my Bible ready. Uh, it's already marked. So, 
we got Mark chapter 10. And if you're familiar, this is going on while Jesus is giving his first quote unquote sermon, his first teaching right on the Sermon on the Mount is what we entitled it. And so what's going on here, as the verse is going to say itself, is that while Jesus is talking, these parents and these teachers and mentors are bringing these kids to Jesus. And the disciples are like, eh, get these little kids out of here. The teacher's talking. And Jesus is like, take a chill pill, y'all. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So let's go ahead and let's read what the word has to say. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 through 16. And they were bringing children to him so that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant, meaning he felt a certain type of way, like a righteous anger. And he said to them, allow the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it at all. And he took them into his arms and began blessing the children, laying his hands upon them. Amen. That hits a little different. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. That hits a little different. Something that that stood out to me is when he said, "Hey, don't hinder them. Don't hinder these little children from coming to me." I'm gonna adjust this mic. And I think about that, and you know, there's been instances in my life where I want to dance before the Lord because I dance in general, right? Like when I was in middle school, I used to be part of a little dance crew, my guy, you know, perhaps you even heard me share this story before. We had the skinny jeans. We had the snapback. Uh, we had, <laughs> we had the fake nerd glasses, like the 3d glasses and you pop the lens out of them. And we were swagged out. I ain't gonna lie to you. And, uh, But it's like when I hear this thing, it's like kids worship authentically. Kids are just themselves. And it's up until like those around them really start hindering them and talking to them a certain way is when we start to notice that the kid starts to change how they behave. Because other than that, they have no... Yeah, thank you, God. Kids don't get embarrassed, is what I was wanting to say. Kids don't get embarrassed. And so when people are bringing their kids to Jesus, as we're reading in this passage, kids are just being kids. But the disciples, right, they weren't trying to be evil, but they were like, hey, like, show the teacher some respect. Because in this culture, in this time period, kids were, like, literally worthless, like, I mean, what are you contributing to society? In this culture, they were just parasitic. They're not adding value up until they become of age to work. And so it's just of this thought where it's like you don't need to add value. You are valuable. 
And so by being valuable, you already add value to whatever environment that you're in. And I think that in itself is beautiful. So when Jesus is talking to the disciples and even speaking out to those that are around him, that are able to hear him, he goes on to say, hey, unless you come to the kingdom of heaven as a child, you're not going to be able to enter it. Well, I was about to say, I'll lie, man. You, you got to let that one breathe. Good God. Unless you come to God as a child, not needing to prove yourself, not being embarrassed of where you're at, but just being like, I love my heavenly father. I want to be with him. I want to be in his lap. I want to be around him. That's when the Bible says, okay. Because a child is supposed to be able to depend on the parent for anything and everything. A child, up until the point where the parent tells them or the child realizes, the child just assumes that their parent can do anything in the world. Literally. And so it was like, I remember when I was young, my dad, he used to have this Cadillac. And this was back... Well, I say it was, I'm sure obviously they had it because his car had it and it wasn't one of one. But I remember this one time my dad would control the volume (laughs) on the car and the volume was on the steering wheel, right? And he would go, hey son, watch this. Right, and he would, he'd pretend to focus really hard and he would change the volume like with the remote on the steering wheel. But I didn't know that. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, how are you doing that? Like, right? <laughs> I'm like, how are you doing that, Dad? That's the coolest thing. And he goes, son, you just got to focus. Do you want the volume to go up or down? And I'm like, I want it to go up. And he would say, okay. So just focus really hard. And he'd, he'd let me go until he'd see like I'm really focusing. And then he'd change the volume. And he'd go, son, you did it. Whoa, whoa. And we're both freaking out in the car. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And he goes, okay, now try to make the volume go down. And I go... Ah, right, I'm like, ah, and then he changes the volume on the steering wheel. I'm like, wah, all right. And it wasn't until a few years later when I was learning how to drive, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, I said, when, when this was happening, Pops, were you doing this? And we laughed about it. He was like, yeah, I was like, man, I was telling everybody, I was like. My dad can change the volume in the car without touching it. And then he taught me how to do it. And then I'm telling my friends. I'm telling my teachers. I'm telling people I don't even talk to. I'm stopping people on the sidewalk talking about, look, my dad can do this. And then he taught me how to do it. And then I'm like, I'm going crazy, right? And isn't that the picture of evangelism? Isn't that what it's supposed to look like? Guys, guess what my dad can do? My dad can heal your heart. My dad can heal your mind. My dad can provide for you. And then he taught me how to do the same. And oftentimes we tell kids to calm down when they get really excited and we kill that spark. We snuff the flame out because, oh, Lord, now there's a fire. We have to control it. But the whole point was the fire is all consuming. And that's what the Bible says. You know, we can take a look in Kings, first and second. Anytime fire is referenced, it's all consuming. When Moses takes the Israelites to Mount Oreb, the fire of the Lord consumed the entire mountain. 
and it's scorched to this day. And so it's like any time, even in Leviticus, thank you God, when an offering was placed on the altar, you leave it burning all night. You're not supposed to put the fire out. You're supposed to keep the fire because it's all consuming. And so a lot of different religions keep the same thing. That's why one of the uh, nine wonders of the world are what they call the eternal flames. There's like these natural gas like leaks, right? And I'm not talking about the one on your backside. I'm talking about one that's in the earth. And when you light the fire, it continues to burn because it's a natural gas deposit. And it's very similar to how we are supposed to be. Constantly on fire, constantly burning for Christ, constantly running to him, excited to be with him. And the Lord will lay his hand on you and bless you so you can go tell people about how good your heavenly father is. That's the beauty about being a kid. Right. We, we like to think of kids. I say we very loosely. I'm not necessarily talking about you and me. I'm talking about as a culture in the sense of kids are a nuisance. Like, I don't have time for you. Just get on the iPad until like I'm ready to do something with you. These kids didn't ask to be here. And it's even so of just being there's a difference between entertaining and having like entertainment babysit. There's a difference. And so it's just going along with the thought of what does it mean to be a child? What does it mean to be safe in the arms of your loved ones, of your guardians? Right? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I know you guys know this verse. Uh, We say it a lot here. And um, based on conversations that, that we've been having, I already know. I already know you know this verse. This one is in Galatians chapter 4. Perhaps you already know where I'm headed with this, right? It's the one about guardians and stewards. Galatians, Ephesians. First and second, okay. I got, oh Lord, my brain bonked out on me as I'm turning these pages. I'm like, what am I looking for? Okay. So, yeah, you guys already know this one. So here it is. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say, I say, now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he's the owner of everything. But he's under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. Verse 3, so also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of this world. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, right? The law of Moses, in order that he might redeem those who were under the law as well, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son. Into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Verse 7, this is it. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Amen. Wow. 
Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful, bro. An heir is no different from a slave. Even though he's owner of everything. Because we were still under the law, under subjection, under sin. And so what's the difference between a child and an adult? Right? It's not a trick question. What's the difference between a child and an adult? Maturity. Like just quite literally. That's why people are always saying, oh, don't be immature. That's why kids are always trying to act super mature. Not quite sure what that means though. But they just know it's, it's very serious. Right? Kids are so funny. But that is what makes the difference between a child and an adult is maturity. So now I want to turn our attention to 1 Corinthians 13, right? You guys already know this one. You already know this one. This is the love chapter, right? And so there's something towards the end of this love chapter that really summates everything. Here we go. 13:11. When I was a child, I used to speak as a child. I used to think as a child. I used to reason, come to logical conclusions as a child. And when I became a man, I did away with childish things. So, when we become mature, let's see, this is 435. So, just so you guys know, I have this Bible here. It's the Keyword Study Bible, New American Standard. Uh, it has it in Hebrew and in Greek, and it it underlines these words, and it has what's called the Strong's Concordance, and it categorizes these words, and it tells you what the original language was actually saying. So here, for example, it says man, and the reference number is 435. So what we'll do is we'll go to... The concordance, more or less, 435, 435. And here it is. And it gives you the actual word and the pronunciation. It's called an iron, meaning man. Or an ear, excuse me, an iron. An ear, a man. Fellow, husband, man, sir. Um, males distinguished from females, a man, i.e., an adult male person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It says, Figuratively, a man of a mature understanding as opposed to a child. The progress of a Christian is likened to the growth of a child into an understanding and wise adult. And so it gives you like the breakdown of what that means. And so essentially that's what it's saying. It goes, man, you know, come as a child because what's a child supposed to do? Mature. And we talked about this before, right? When Paul is talking to the Corinthian church, essentially he goes on to say, man, it's been five years. Why are you still a little kid? Because he was expecting spiritual growth, spiritual maturity. And that's what we're doing here. That's essentially the whole purpose of why we're here. 
Lifeline exists to walk alongside our brothers and sisters, teaching and encouraging them in the ways of Jesus Christ so you can go do the same. That comes with maturity. That comes with spiritual pruning. The same way like a tree. I have a tree in my, I'm pointing like you can see it, but I'm going to point anyway. I have a tree <laughs> in my room. It's a Chinese money tree. Its name's Larry. It's getting pretty tall. Uh, it needs a new pot here soon. But when I want it to grow a certain way, I will prune it. Like I'll break the branch that's growing so it can continue to go tall, not necessarily out. And once I figure like, hey, this is a good height, then I'll trim the top so it stays a little like a certain size. That way it's just not growing and growing and growing and growing. It's the same way. It's the exact same way with us in our maturity. So in order to understand, well, how am I supposed to mature? Here's, in my opinion, the difficult part about maturity. It's unlearning things that you learned as a child. Because children learn things. Neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity. There we go. It's the way that your brain is able to wire, unwire, and rewire to learn things. Because our bodies and brain are built for survival and reproduction. Survival of the fittest. And so when we go with that mindset, this is a blend of nature versus nurture. Were you particularly born with this proclivity? Or were you nurtured? I used the wrong word. Were you born with this propensity? Or were you nurtured to have a certain proclivity? The difference of the two is a propensity is a natural tendency. A proclivity is one that you learned. Right? So, for an example, I'm sure you already understood what I meant. So, for the sake of over-clarifying so we can continue forward with defined terms, an example of a propensity is, like for me, I have a propensity to get very, very, very emotional. God gave me deep feelings. That's my propensity is to get very emotional about a situation. Although I am a logical person, I have a proclivity to be, uh, what's, what's that word, God? Like emotionless. Man, what's... What's that word? Man, just a little, little brain lapse there. Apathetic. Thank you, God. I have a proclivity to be apathetic. That's not my natural inclination. But I learned it based on the environment that I was in. So, first, in order to learn how do I mature, we must confront the things of our childhood. So, there's a difference. Right? Yes, we are talking theology. Yes, we are talking psychology. But nonetheless, we're talking gospel. We're talking the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. Yes, these things are great. Yes, we can use psychology to better understand why we are the way we are. But at the end of the day, the Word of God trumps psychology. 
That's just a fact. So as we're discussing and as we're talking, we're going to take a, a look, a brief look, because we have to recognize maybe your parents were great and they still did things to hurt you. Maybe your parents were awful and they still did things to love you. And it's saying, okay, well, let me take a look at the reality of my life, which sometimes is pretty hard. I've been praying for years. God restored to me the memories of my childhood, you know, my adolescent years, because I'm struggling to remember majority of it. Like right now, I have more memory of it than I did. But because the brain is literally wired to help you survive, it blocks off memories. It blocks off pain so you can keep going forward. And unfortunately, that pain moves from the conscious to the subconscious. And it's the subconscious that makes the decision. Excuse me, Sigmund Freud coined it like this. You got the id, the ego, and the superego. These are the different layers. And so it simply goes with saying, ego is how I perceive myself. Superego is essentially where I want to be. The id is my subconscious. So, we want to talk about childhood. We get to have the opportunity to be very honest with ourselves. And sometimes that can be a challenge. Sometimes when we are extremely honest with ourselves, it gets scary. We get to hold the tension of the two. This was a wonderful time of my life, and I hated it. We get to hold the tension. I love this person. They hurt me deeply. We get to hold the tension. I want to be a kid. I never want to go back to that time. This is the beauty of God. Because he will restore the child in you. He calls us to be childlike, not childish. Right? Don't worry about all that other ish. But instead, just be a child. A child understands my daddy's going to take care of me. A child understands my daddy loves me. That's why we heard in Galatians chapter 4, he gave us the spirit of Jesus Christ that now cries out, Abba, Father. Abba is the Aramaic term to what we would coincide with daddy in the English language. It's a deep loving, right? Maybe if you're of the Middle Eastern background, Abba is now Baba, right? You have the Middle East and uh, I believe the Indian culture that say that. Baba, Papa, similar things. Daddy, there's double consonants there, right? You have vowels and consonants. It's a double consonant. It's a deep love. And that's what our heart cries out to. So to be a kid again, a kid believes when their parent tells them something, unless the parent continues to show themselves as untrustworthy. 
we can trust our Heavenly Father. I was having this conversation with Shelby yesterday where it was just like God had given me a word and I shared it with Shelby that something specific would happen by the end of the month. And we were just kind of like, man, what's going to happen? Like, what's going to happen? Well, she had prayed with one of her friends that what we were praying for would happen. I went into a meeting and it happened. So later that night, we're walking, like we're going for our evening walk and we're discussing like this happened and she stops and she's like, God said this would happen by the end of the month. It's the end of the month. I'm like, oh, snap. And it caused me to really think and it challenged me deeply. Why was I surprised? And I had to repent. God, why was I surprised that you came through with what you said? Forgive me for my unbelief. Forgive me for my doubt. But God is not a person as to which he would lie. He can't lie. He told me something would happen by the end of the month. Patience said, what if it's the last day? still happened. And it did. So now I get to hold up my end. Work hard and be faithful. So I'm excited, y'all. Man, I'm actually pumped. Okay. So I want to share with you guys. I recently got a new job as a worship leader, the worship pastor of a church in Relic called Honor Church. With that, I'm looking for musicians for a band. We have three different teams. We need drummers, bass players, electric guitar players, acoustic players, single singles. <laughs> I guess if you're single, come on by. Uh, not to me, though. I'm in a happy relationship. I will embarrass you. Uh, we need singers and then keyboard players. So with that, we have a good good amount. We'll teach you. Like, let's say you just have a desire. We'll teach you how. Let's say you want to learn how to lead. We'll teach you how. We'll put you in a safe environment. We're not just going to push you out there and say, go do it. We'll help you build your confidence, set you up for success. That way, like, let's say you just want to do it for the rotation of a six-month period. By all means, you're free to go. <laughs> like, you have no obligation to stay. So anyway, contact me. Uh, you can reach out to our team here at Lifeline. You can hit me up on my Instagram page, on TikTok, on YouTube. And we'll follow up. Anyway, so that's that. Little shameless plug. Shout out God. Shout out Honor Church. <clears throat> and it's just going along like a kid wants to be with their father. A kid wants to be there. So going back to our two anchor verses, right? We kicked it off. Excuse me. I feel like I got a burp. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not necessarily apologizing for my body, but just for the break in the conversation. Let me get some water.
you know, I've had people ask, hey, Sage, why don't you just edit those kind of things out? I don't edit it out because this is a conversation. <laughs> like we're actually talking. You can't edit conversations in real life. That's my mindset. That's my my philosophy. So going back to what I was saying. Going back to our anchor verse of Mark chapter 10. Where the people are bringing their kids up to Jesus. It's in the same way. But then those who are close to Jesus want to protect his time. They want to protect his energy. Maybe he was in the middle of what he was. He was in the middle of saying something important. And they're like, hey, like, stop. Like, he's busy right now. And Jesus makes the point of saying, I'm never too busy for my kids. That's something that ministered to me. Right? I love my family. And we were always busy. My family made time for us. And they were also busy. It can be both. It's not taking away from the reality of the beautiful to highlight this also happened. It can be both. It is both. And I'm grateful. And so Jesus is so loving. He goes, no, let the kids come to me. Don't let none of this stop you. It even goes to the point where Jesus goes on to say, he's talking to the Pharisees in another passage. He goes, man, it'd be better for you to tie a big rock, a millstone around your neck and to toss it into the water than for you to lead one of my little ones astray. Jesus is saying, it's better for you to unalive yourself than to lead one of my little kids astray. If you teach them wrong, you don't want what's coming. So it's so serious. That's why Paul says, man, I urge a lot of you to seriously consider if you want to be a teacher. Because you will be held to a higher standard because you know better. That's why we pray for our leaders. We pray for those in authority. Whether we agree with them or not, irrelevant. We pray. Because the word says all authority has been established by God. So, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's in authority. We pray. We don't have to agree. We don't have to like them. We don't even have to respect them. We do have to honor. And that's the difference. So with this, I just want to encourage y'all. Highlight to yourselves. Maybe write it down. Uh, Maybe as you're walking or as you're working out. Think about it. I do a lot of thinking as I'm driving. But it's like, okay, God, in what ways... Do I think like a child? Like, not in a good way, because God's calling us to mature. But it's like, in what ways do I think like a child? Well, a child thinks selfishly. A child thinks self-centeredly. Well, this is mine. It's about me. No, this is my family. This is my friend. That's my blessing. What ways do we speak as a child? Well, a child whines and complains. It grumbles. It murmurs. It speaks poorly about other people. So they look a certain way. Behaves like a child. A child is mean sometimes. When they don't get their way. Sometimes children throw tantrums. It's not an indictment on you nor your character. 
It's simply just saying, hey, acknowledge in what ways so we can submit them to God because we're supposed to be childlike, not childish. So leave all that ish and let's grow. Right. (laughs) I know that that might have been too edgy for some. uh, And thank you for laughing anyway. But let's grow. Right. I'm so proud of you guys. Just even in how much you've been in your word recently. It's exciting. Like I was having this conversation with one of my friends and it's just like constantly like I can tell in the book. You know, I was talking with um, with Shelby. In her book, her friends in their book. And so it's just one of those things. It's like sometimes I do call us out like, hey, why aren't you in your book? It's not me coming down on you. And I'm sorry if I've come off that way. It's me doing my best to be like, hey, like what's been going on? Like my friend, how come you're not in here? So I just want to just want to shout you out. It's showing it's showing you got back in your book. One of my buddies, he's writing this comic. It's fire. So far, he's done the first 10 chapters of uh, Psalm. Be on the lookout for that. That John goes too hard. Right. Also, another shout out. Right. Okay. So that was, <laughs> that was the end of the topic. I'm going to do a, a couple little shout out things, little promos. Coming soon, like February, end of February, early March, I'm going to be releasing another album. So I put one out in December. It was called You Have My Heart. And essentially that album was talking about the decision I made in my heart to follow God regardless. This album is called You Have My Mind. And what this is actually highlighting, it's a bit intimate, so I was a little nervous about even sharing it. But it's like the thoughts I have. Like sometimes, like I made a decision in my heart. And I still have to get my thoughts on board because there's moments where I do doubt. There's moments where I am insecure. There's moments where I'm truly struggling with my faith, although my heart 100% believes in God. And it's saying, well, how do I balance the two and how do I merge them so the faith that I have in my heart comes out so I can hear it and think it? Because what we hear, we think about. What we think about gets into our heart. Out of the overflow of the heart, the Bible says, the mouth speaks. And what we speak, we hear. What we hear, we think about. What we think about gets into our heart. Yeah, you're catching it. Now, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what we speak, we hear. This is why it's so important to guard our words. The brain cannot differentiate the difference between a joke and seriousness. So even though our conscious is saying, oh, I was just joking. Like, yeah, I say that to myself all the time, but I'm just joking. The subconscious cannot tell the difference. So be careful even when you're joking with your friends. The subconscious cannot tell the difference. Consciously, we know. Subconsciously, we can't tell. So that's what the album's about. It's coming out at the end of February, early March. So far, we got six tracks done. I want to get a couple more for us. I was thinking about doing an EP. Um, but I really want to do another album. 
So I'm excited, y'all. Be on the lookout for that. Hit me up about Honor Church if you want to do music, if you're interested in sound and AV, audiovisual. Like, we got a great team that can help you with that. We have mixing boards you can practice on. We have sound techs that we can teach you. So even if it's you, you just want to learn a new skill, come on by. So I'm excited. More information of that to come. I love you guys. Also, one more. One more thing. I'm kicking back open my Patreon. We had one at the beginning and I closed it. I felt really weird. But after having a conversation with a mentor, y'all, if you enjoy the content, if you enjoy these conversations that we're having, it would mean a lot if you would help support financially. So with that, we would have different tiers starting off at $5. And what it is, it's simply saying believing in the vision because this takes time. It takes time to edit. And by saying yes to this, I'm saying no to other things. It takes time to create the content. You're not necessarily, I hate to say it this way, but in reality, it is what's happening, right? You're not paying me to make content. You're not paying me for my time. Essentially, you're paying me to think. You're paying me to be creative, to put in the work, to edit, to get this out to you in the, in the best of my ability. So it's it's difficult when it's free. It's free now because, man, I just love it. And it's going to continue being free. The Patreon is going to have like different vlogs of my travels when, you know, I'm going out for my music events to different college campuses, to different youth camps, events, different things like that day to day. It's going to have little devos. It's going to have um, like early music as well. So I'll put like the music that I've been working on out there. Every tier will have it. It's not going to be like, oh, you only give $5. You're not getting that. No, every tier is going to have the same thing. It's just however much that you're willing to contribute to this ministry. Because that's what it is. I love you guys so much. And your support means more than you know. Anybody can have fans. But it means more when there's support. Because we're a community. We're a family. So thank you guys. Feels weird for me to even <laughs> for me to even talk about that. That's just the reality. So I love you. I'm praying for you. Before we go, you already know I'm gonna give you a blessing. All right, let me pray for you. God, thank you for my friend. Thank you for their life. Thank you for their mind. Thank you for their just encouraging us, man. I feel so refreshed and rejuvenated and refilled, God. Thank you for this person who's going through things with their family and with their kids that's really struggling to navigate, well, what am I supposed to do? Because I still have extenuating circumstances that are hindering me from working like I need to. God bless them with the wisdom that they need. God bless the person that is trying to navigate their life while different things are feeling like they're crumbling around them. God, thank you that you're their refuge and their strength. Bless my friend who's struggling with the identity of who they are. God, thank you that as they continue to get in your word, that you're revealing to them who you say they are. God, you love my friend more than I do, and I love them a lot. Thank you that your love does not even compare, that you love them so much that you gave them your life so that they can be with you forever. Bless them today, the rest of their day. Bless them as they sleep. 
protect them in their dreams. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all, I'm pumped. I'm excited to link up with you again. Until next time, take care. Peace.